0: You're listening to Future Thinking from Stylus, the show where our analysts, alongside industry thought leaders, unpack the big trends you need to know about. Find out more about what the future holds for your business at stylus.com.
1: Hello and welcome to Future Thinking from Stylus. I'm your host, Christian Ward, Head of Multimedia Strategy at Stylus. Today's episode is a little different from normal. When interviewing guests, I ask them three quickfire questions at the end of each episode, one of which is, what's a consumer problem or challenge that you don't think has been solved yet? Over the past few seasons of future thinking, I've received a lot of interesting answers from a lot of smart business people, thought leaders and creatives. What their answers reveal are consumer pain points that need to be addressed, essentially unlocking new markets and roadmaps for brand growth. So in this episode, I've compiled five of these answers and invited my stylist colleagues to comment on the potential opportunities for brands in each area. I hope you enjoy. First up, we have Michael Miraflor, who I interviewed in episode 65, What Happened to the Big Idea in Advertising. Michael is a marketing consultant whose previous roles include global head of futures and innovation at publicist media group Blue449. Here's what he had to say.
2: I think that delivery packaging for food. There's been zero innovation there. And and I'll tell you a really quick anecdote. You know, I, I treated myself last week to like an expensive steak from a steakhouse here in Brooklyn. And it was delivered in the same packaging that you would put your leftovers in. There's like there's literally zero uh packaging innovation. And and I know that the you know individual restaurants and restaurant groups and you know people that uh do product innovation are, are all of a sudden focusing on that because that's that's going to be part of our future for the foreseeable future, you know, a decade from now, whether we like it or not. And uh, I don't know, it's just one of those things that you don't think about too much, but it, it does affect the, the level of enjoyment uh, that you experience with, with every delivery. And we all do delivery now. So um, I'm kind of excited in a weird way. I'm very excited about uh, food packaging.
1: I asked Davey Pinati, Stylus' senior editor of product design, what she thought about all this. We've
3: seen packaging solutions quickly develop in light of the pandemic when businesses have come to rely on their packaging to convey brand narratives. I mean, it's often been the only physical touchpoint in the customer journey. So we're seeing how destination restaurants are translating their signature design sensibility into meal delivery packs that are in line with the restaurant experience. But a brand like Pizza Hut also succeeds in doing this, so it's not exclusive to high-end brands. On the other hand, uh, people are really demanding guilt-free packs and zero-waste solutions. So reusable containers are actually gaining popularity with restaurants, and their customers are seeking them out, and there's already an app uh, to help them do that. He describes it as something you would put your leftovers in, but that's the point, actually. They are Tupperware-like containers that you return so they can be used again. And I believe this is the future. Um, You can read much more about this in our packaging spotlights across three reports, and that's publishing very soon.
1: Next up, Josh Constein, who I interviewed on episode 67, The Rise of the Creator Economy. Josh is Principal Investor and Head of Content at early-stage venture capital firm SignalFire.
4: I mean, I I think recruiting in general is this big problem. And that's actually what SignalFire set out to do as as a venture fund. You know, we realized that founders uh, were spending so much of their time focused on recruiting instead of just building their business and their product. So we built this recruiting engine called Beacon. It crunches a half trillion data points, and it has visibility on most of the tech talent in the Western world. It gives them a skill and a poachability rank. And so for our founders, we can run these reports to say, here are the top 100 iOS individual contributors uh, that are based in this area or, or, you know, have this specific skill set, And, you know, we really think that if we can do help startups with better recruiting, we'll be able to help more people find the jobs that they love and we'll help those startups grow faster and focus more on their business. So I just generally think that how people are connected from jobs uh, or from, from skills to jobs is super important. And another space I think here is that, that I, I would really like to see more investment in, or that I think is a big consumer problem is that when people graduate college, the you know, they often are immediately incentivized to jump into a new job to start paying back their student loans or just to afford living. And I think you know, we have so many support structures and loan systems for people who they their students, but so little for when they immediately graduate and they're in that interim period when they're trying to find a job. And I think if we were able to offer better financing, better loan structures for this, people wouldn't take the first job they could get that might not actually be the best application of their skills or where they want to build a career long term. And instead. instead. Instead, they'd get into higher paying jobs that are more fulfilling that they're going to actually be able to apply their passion to and become truly great at. And so I would love to see some startup or somebody solving this consumer need of how do you bridge the gap between when people graduate from expensive higher education institutions to getting the perfect job that actually leverages those skills that they've built.
1: Josh's thoughts align very well with an upcoming report from the Consumer Attitudes team at Stylus called Bolstering Budding Adulthood, which is publishing in June. It's an update on cracking the coming-of-age economy from last year's consumer life cycle, and it considers how the COVID-19 pandemic has impacted the journey from childhood to early adulthood, and how brands can support this key life transition. Here's Elspeth Taylor, Assistant Editor of Consumer Attitudes and Technology at Stylus, with more.
3: A career is seen as such a prominent metric of adulthood that some young people feel forced to jump prematurely into ultimately unsatisfying roles – and in response, LinkedIn and Microsoft have recently launched Career Coach, an app aimed at students to help identify their skills and interests more clearly and then direct them towards suitable professions. And new education avenues that are cheaper and more reactive to the realities of the job market present another solution. For example, Google's new Career Certificates program is a six-month course which upskills learners for specific in-demand jobs such as UX design or data management. And it's only $49 a month.
1: Our third gap in the market comes from Jared Dicker, VP of Commercial Technology and Development at The Washington Post, who I interviewed on episode 73, What's Next for Media and Publishing.
5: I think the creator economy is growing in spite of the consumer. I think no one has really thought about the consumer experience at all. I think you see that with Substack right now. I subscribe to all these newsletters; they're coming to my inbox. All of the onus has now been put on me. Before I'd go to a, I'd go to a media property, and there's a homepage, there's a digest. I could set my settings. It's like beautifully laid out for me as a consumer experience. In the creator economy, we're putting all of that effort and onus on individuals, and that's a lot for the consumer. The consumer no longer has a portal or a way to be able to consume this content in a meaningful way. So creator economy growing in spite of the consumer experience, and that's where I think a big opportunity is for people to start to focus on. As people are making decisions on their own, and there may not be curation for the benefit of an individual, but the individual now becomes the curator, what are the tools that allow that individual to actually do that seamlessly?
1: I agree with Jared that curation is still a skill or an asset that's sorely underserved by online platforms and media channels. But it's one that's growing in importance as consumer audiences continue to shift towards content and communities that speak to their specific niche passions, needs, and upskilling interests. I write about this a lot on Stylus, most recently in my State of Media 2021 update. Now on to our fourth market gap, and this one's from Sherry Hu, founder of the fantastic music and technology analysis newsletter Water and Music. I interviewed Sherry on episode 64.
0: One that there's a lot of activity around, but there hasn't been a perfect answer for is outside of gaming, what are the outlets for like more spontaneous and immersive interaction online? I think there are a lot of people who are kind of like burned out by too many Zooms per day. Um, and I think that totally makes sense because it's just like a vestige of, you know, actual real world interaction kind of flattened on into two dimensional space. So I'm I'm kind of a mild obsession with like experimenting with a lot of different apps that are out there that make kind of online meetups and online conversations more immersive and more spatial I think is the key thing like incorporating a sense of movement into how you interact spontaneously with people so I'm really into apps like gather town I think is like a fun one where everyone is represented by an avatar speaking of avatars I think you mentioned a bit back and kind of like be able to walk around this space to kind of beat different groups of people I've used icebreaker for a lot of community events for my own newsletter it allows it's like a video app that allows for kind of randomized one-on-one speed conversations among people in a community That's been really helpful for me. There's another one called Cozy Town that also incorporates spatial audio, which I think is really cool. So like if you are walking towards or away from someone to like the left or the right, their audio would like change accordingly. So yeah, I don't think any of these one apps is like the answer to the future of online communication, but I would like to see more experimentation with that. How to make communication something that you don't just get burnt out by immediately. How do you make it more more enjoyable and more fun?
1: Here's Julia Ehrens, Editor of Pop Culture and Media at Stylus, with more thoughts on this.
0: Live peer-to-peer communication is a compelling dimension of how online grammar is shifting as more people spend time in shared virtual spaces. We've written about this in our report on creating connected festivals, where spatial audio, for instance, lets you overhear conversations of other people's avatars, or you can even jump into multiplayer minigames with them as you move through a virtual event space this whole question of what's going to be the body language of our virtual embodiments is super interesting.
1: Our fifth and final suggestion for a consumer challenge or problem that's not been solved yet comes from Sam Friedman, co-founder and CEO of Curate Beauty. My US counterpart Amelia Morano-Williams interviews Sam for episode 81, Why Sex is a Self-Care Essential.
3: This is really random, but I think that the dental, the dental market is still something that is needing a lot of TLC and I actually just saw a new brand this this month that is kind of clean, natural charcoal toothpaste that comes in a glass pump uh, bottle. And for me, I think that was really exciting. And I think it's it's kind of going to be the next one that we all start to take a look at. But yeah, the, the kind of trends coming out of the dental market is very interesting.
1: I asked Lisa Payne, Stylus's Senior Editor of Beauty, about Sam's comments.
3: So, yeah, this is a real uh, growth market. We've actually just finished a report on how oral care has really boomed because of the pandemic. Um, a A lack of access to dentists has really pushed us to take better care of our teeth at home. And, you know, thanks to Zoom and staring at our own face every day, Day in, day out, lots of people sort of took lockdown as an opportunity to cosmetically enhance their smile. Um, as an example, Bite, which is a U.S. company that sells clear aligners, saw sales increase by over a 1,000 percent in the first half of 2020. Um, so this report is up on Stylist now, uh, looking at bacteria and virus killing hygiene products, new tech driven and really sincerely pleasing, uh, pleasing experiences, as well as exercises in sustainability as well.
1: So there you have it, five consumer challenges that our guests and my stylist colleagues think are full of opportunity for brands. Are you tackling any of these? Let us know on Twitter, we're at stylus underscore live, and I'm at Christian Ward, or on our Instagram page, we are stylus. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us next time for more Future Thinking from Stylus. You've been listening to Future Thinking from Stylus, the show where our analysts,
4: alongside industry thought leaders, unpack the big trends you need to know about. Find out more about what the future holds for your business at stylus.com. If you like what you heard today, make sure you subscribe to Future Thinking in iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts to hear new episodes as soon as they're available.